Hi there, and welcome to Even If, a weekly podcast about standing firm when life is shaking. I'm your host, Kelly Strife. Strife rhymes with wife. And together, we're finding the courage to approach uncertain and unwanted seasons of life through a posture of faith that stands firm and declares, even if he doesn't, he is still good. Oh my goodness, it is so good to be back with you guys here on season two of the Even If podcast. I missed hearing from you all while I was out, but August has always kind of been a down month in my schedule and in my routine. I've worked several jobs in ministries where summer was our crazy season. We just pushed really, really hard through the summer and Peter had a big summer job this year. And so August is our chance to relax and enjoy the last few days of summer and enjoy family time and vacation. And so we spent the month of August out on the coast of North Carolina. My family has property out on the coast. It's been in my dad's family for generations. And so it's so special and meaningful to be out there. And a year ago in August, that's actually where we celebrated Imogen's like celebration of life service and spread her ashes on the water out there on the coast of North Carolina. So this year, We got to go out on a boat on the water and just really enjoy a season of remembering her and celebrating her life again. If you follow me on social media, you heard me talking about the the one year anniversary of her service. We went out on the water and right in the spot where we had spread her ashes a year ago, we found this massive pod of dolphins. I mean, it was at least two dozen dolphins that were just swimming and playing and and jumping out of the water and it was so cool to see them. It felt like such a specific message from the Lord that he sees me and he remembers me and he cares about me. And I shared that on social media and tons of you messaged me back and told me that dolphins are actually called the saviors of the sea. They're like the symbol for resurrection and new birth and new life which just made it so much more meaningful. I love it when you send me messages like that. Don't ever stop because I love hearing those stories and getting to connect with you in that way. So Peter and I had been planning this trip out to North Carolina for months. We'd been counting down the days. And right when we were planning to leave, this hurricane started making its way up the coast. And for several days, we were waffling back and forth about whether or not we were going to go. We weren't quite sure how big the storm was going to be, and we didn't know exactly which direction it was going to turn. So we'd kind of been going back and forth. And the morning we were supposed to leave, we woke up, and we still hadn't really made up our mind. So, of course, in true Kelly fashion, I have not done laundry. I have not packed. I haven't cleaned out the refrigerator for us to be gone for a month. Absolutely nothing. And we woke up that morning, and We're just kind of like dilling around the house, like doing a little bit of work. And about noon, we just got it in our heads. I was like, you know what? We're just going to go. We're going to go. We're going to ride it out. We're going to prepare. It's going to be great. We're going to hope it doesn't get too big. We're going to go. So we are frantically packing up the the car, packing up our house, cleaning out the fridge, taking out the trash, all the things we need to do to get ready to leave and finally get on the road at about 2 p.m. And we're pulling our boat for the very first time. So this drive that usually takes like eight or nine hours actually took us about 12 hours. So we pulled up in the driveway in North Carolina about 2 a.m. And we had a day and a half or so before the storm was getting ready to come in. 
So the house was already prepared in a lot of ways, but we did all the final preparations to make sure we were ready to weather the storm. We tied down anything that was outside that we couldn't bring in. We brought in all the lawn furniture, the grill, everything like that into the house so that it couldn't blow away or cause damage. We shut the shutters on the windows and boarded up the doors and just did everything we possibly could to protect our house from the storm when it came. And then we turned our attention to all the things we might need inside because we didn't know if the power was going to go out, if the internet was going to stay on, if we were going to have water. So, you know, we fill up the tubs with water. So we've got water for that. We bought drinking water. We filled the, the cooler with ice. We charged all of our devices. We, you know, did all of the things that we could possibly do to be prepared to wait out the storm and the after effects of the storm inside. And after we had done everything we possibly could do to get ready, we just had to wait and see what happened. So early afternoon on Monday, the wind started to pick up. And it's this eerie feeling because you know it's coming. So you're watching the clouds and trying to figure out exactly when it's going to come through. How big is it going to be? So we're walking outside every few minutes, checking it out. Is it here yet? Is it starting? What's it doing? And Finally, later that evening, the wind really started to get strong. But it wasn't until that night that we started to feel the full effects of the storm. And of course, it's at night. We knew the brunt of the storm was going to be coming through in the middle of the night. So we're already like closed up in this house. All of our windows and doors are covered. And the one door that we have open is pitch black outside. So we can't see anything that's happening. And of course, the storm was coming through at high tide and our house is right on the coast. So we knew the storm surge was going to bring the tide even farther in since it was already going to be high tide. It's just this feeling of going, it's getting bad out there. And we couldn't see everything that was happening, but we could hear the wind howling and we could feel it rattling the whole house. Like it sounded like a freight train coming through and we could feel the house kind of shaking with it. We could see the rain pouring down outside, but you can't tell how much damage it's doing. So we waited most of the night just listening, wondering how bad it was gonna be until finally we got a little bit of sleep early in the morning until first light came. So when first light came, Peter and I booked it outside to assess the damage. Now see, Hurricane Florence had come through just two years ago and it had done a ton of damage to our property. It had completely demolished this cabin that's on our land and it left a lot of water damage in the house. See, there's two primary things you check after a hurricane. You wanna check the roof and you wanna check the foundation. Most of the damage from Hurricane Florence had actually come through the roof. And really, when the neighbors had walked around our house right after the hurricane, they didn't see any major obvious damage. There were a few shingles on the ground, but they sent us pictures and weren't really concerned about anything. And it wasn't until later, when they went inside, that they realized that the small holes where those shingles had blown off had let water come through the roof. And that water had pooled in the ceiling and then it had dripped down the walls and it started to seep into the floor and it just spread throughout the house from there. It didn't take much for the water to get in, but it did a ton of damage once it did. And the other thing you check is the foundation. 
The foundation is equally, if not more, important, especially for a house built on the coast because the pillars that it's built on have to be secure. They have to be cemented in the ground in concrete. They have to be immovable and unshakable so that when the tide reaches them, when the storm surge pushes the water up under the house, they don't crumble. That's the most important thing. They don't shift. They don't move because a shifting foundation would be devastating to a house that's three feet off the ground. So when Peter and I woke up in North Carolina last month, we went straight outside and we started taking pictures and videos and sending it to my family and telling them how we'd made it through the night. And we realized as we took it all in that as loud as that wind had blown, as forceful as those rains had come, we didn't have a single shingle out of place. We didn't have one single brick loose. Yes, there were branches on the ground and the leaves had pretty much blown off one of the trees and my blueberries were completely off the blueberry bush. But the roof was intact and the foundation was secure. And we had made it through that storm and the house was still standing. When Peter and I got married, it's almost three and a half years ago now, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what scripture we wanted to read in our ceremony. And I vetoed pretty much everything because if it was common and people had used it before, then I didn't want to use it. So it took us a long time to settle on the scripture that we really wanted to read, that we wanted to share as we started our marriage. And we finally settled on this passage in the book of Matthew. It's Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27 says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Man, we wanted to start our marriage on this foundation. We wanted to build our marriage on this solid rock of Jesus. And so we had our friend Leslie sing the song, Build My Life, and she sang the lyrics, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. And that's where we started our marriage. We had no idea what we'd face just a couple of years later, but we committed to building our lives and our love on the solid foundation that cannot be shaken, not by a hurricane, not by a storm, not by the wind and the waves, not by unexpected circumstances or tragic loss or unimaginable grief that it cannot be shaken because here's what Matthew chapter seven tells us. Here's what this passage implies. First of all, the rains are coming. The winds are gonna blow. The storms are coming either way. And I don't say that lightly. I don't say that to speak suffering into your story. I say that because that's what scripture tells us. That's what Jesus says. We read in James chapter 1, verse 2, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. 
There will be trials. There will be storms. There will be hardship and suffering and loss. The winds will come, but how you prepare for them makes all the difference. How's the roof over your head? What truth are you filling your mind with? Are you meditating on? Are you reading and declaring and believing in your life? Several years ago, I was working at the Chick-fil-A corporate office when Truett Cathy, who's the founder of Chick-fil-A, when he passed away. In the morning after he died, the entire Chick-fil-A staff gathered in the atrium and lined the balconies that overlook the lobby. And Dan Cathy, who's his son, Dan Cathy came and shared a few words with us, and then we started singing hymns. And there were hundreds of us in that lobby. There were hundreds of us crammed and crowded into that space. And guys, there weren't lyrics on a screen anywhere. We weren't holding hymnals. There weren't any songbooks for people to reference. But the words of those hymns that were buried so deep inside of us came out of us. We sang verse after verse after verse. And these words that I had grown up singing as a child, these were the songs I had sung since before I could read in my grandparents' country church in North Carolina. I couldn't tell you the lyrics to them now if I tried, but they were so deeply embedded in my mind. They were so deeply ingrained in my memory and in my spirit that they came pouring out as we celebrated the legacy of this man and grieved his loss here on earth. We were sad, but we were ready. When we were in the hospital in labor with Imogen last year, I remembered the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I had studied that story. I'd probably learned it on a flannel board in Sunday school. And then later on, I had studied it in a Beth Moore study on the book of Daniel. And I had poured over it in a season of waiting that felt like it was never going to end. I had meditated on the faith of these men so that when I found myself facing my own fiery furnace, I already knew how I would respond. My roof was solid. My windows were secured. And I had filled in the cracks with truth that could not be penetrated when the rains came. When the storm comes, you have to live in what you built. And some things have to be done before the storm appears. So how are you preparing? How are you strengthening your roof? How are you filling yourself with truth that will come out of you when you face the storm. And guys, that foundation, that foundation has to be in place long before it ever comes because the foundation has to be able to hold the weight of what it supports. It has to be rock solid in the face of suffering and adversity and trials. And the truth is a lot of us have built our foundation on our own happiness. We've built our foundation on some version of the American dream. We've built our foundation on our prayers being answered. Yes, we would say we've built it on the rock of Jesus, but when push comes to shove, I don't know if we really have. Because I am telling you, none of those things will hold up to a hurricane. They might make it through a rain shower. They might survive a thunderstorm, maybe even a tropical storm, but they will not hold you up when the hurricane comes. They will not support you when the storm surge reaches the house and the storms are going to come either way. But it is the house that's built on the rock that will stand. The only thing that will sustain you in those storms is the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. 
his character and who he is and what he has done. And he never promised you that this life would be easy. In fact, he actually told us the complete opposite. He never said you'd escape pain or sadness or grief. He never said, come to me and I'll make your life comfortable and easy and safe. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In John chapter 16, the message says it this way, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but you can still be unshakable and assured and deeply at peace because he's overcome the world. This isn't the end. Some of you are in the middle of major storms right now. I hear every single day from people who are walking through incredibly difficult, painful, heartbreaking seasons of life. And if it feels too late for you to get this right, if you're looking at your storm saying, I'm not sure my roof was secure, I'm not sure my foundation will hold, if it feels too late, it isn't too late. After Hurricane Isaias came through last month, I was walking around assessing the house and I noticed a large portion of the roof that was actually a slightly different color than the rest. And I took a picture right away and sent it to my dad because I was afraid that it meant the water had gotten under the surface like it had last time. And it had made the roof darker than the rest of of the shingles. And he messaged me back quickly and he said, no, those were the shingles that had been replaced after the last storm. They hadn't weathered in the sun as long as the original ones, so they were still darker than the rest. And I love that image because if you feel battered and bruised from the storms you're facing, if you feel like it's too late, like the water's already gotten in and you're not sure your foundation is firm, it's not too far gone. That's when you break out the sandbags. That's when you grab the buckets. That's when you say, how can I preserve this house while I ride out this storm? And this storm might do a little more damage than you'd like. And it might take a little longer to recover, but you can carefully and intentionally build back that roof one shingle at a time. And the truth is, it might always leave a mark. It might always look a little bit different. The color might always be a little bit off, but it can be built stronger than it's ever been before. The storms in our lives often reveal weaknesses that we can shore up and reinforce for when the next storm comes. And guys, if you're not in a storm right now, if if this is not a stormy season of life for you, then now is the time to prepare. Where is your foundation? How is your roof? How strong of a wind can your windows handle? Those are the things you put in place right now before you need to use them. That's the best time to prepare before the hurricane comes. And know that sometimes that storm is so great that it doesn't matter how much you've prepared, you're gonna take a blow. It's gonna leave a mark. It's gonna do some damage and you're gonna be rebuilding for a while because When the storms come, I can't promise you there won't be branches down. I can't promise you nothing's coming through the roof. I can't promise you the power isn't going to go out maybe for a long time. But I can promise you that when your foundation is on the solid rock of Jesus, your house cannot be shaken or moved. That foundation holds every single time. 
no matter how much damage is done on the inside, no matter what falls around it, the foundation will not crumble. It will not shift. Not one brick will move and it can handle the weight of any circumstance or trial. There's no situation it cannot support and come through on the other side. Build your foundation now. Prepare for the storms now. And when you find yourself in the thick of them, and it's the dead of night, and the winds are howling and the tide's coming in and there's nothing to do but wait it out, trust that your foundation will hold. He always does. So these next few episodes are not just for people who are suffering right now, they're for all of us. All of us who have suffered or will suffer and want to build your house more securely on the solid foundation of Jesus. But there are people who need to hear it right now. And one of the ways you can help other people find it is by leaving a rating and review. Reviews really matter in the podcast world to help people find the show. And I so want people to find this when they're desperately clinging to hope in situations that look nothing like they expected or planned. So thank you so much for helping people find this podcast by leaving a quick review. And we'll see you back here next week for a new episode of Even If.